When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our first edition of What If in Baseball History. This is when we get to poke holes in the history of baseball and talk about like maybe what would have been different in the event that certain things did take place, didn't take place, or whatever. It's Brad's idea. He's really excited about it. So we're going to let him start off. Brad, what do you got? Okay, I have I have two here. Um, which one should I go with, Briggs? Should I go with more recent history or like, I don't want to say ancient history. What do you think you should go with? Uh, do 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 the old one first. I don't the old one. Okay, we're gonna start with the babe. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. So what if the babe never went to New York? If the Red Sox had kept him, well, um, first off, there would have been no curse of the Bambino. Okay. True. Right. So the Red Sox would not would not have gone so long without a World Series title. In fact, in fact, Brig. All of those titles the Yankees won with the Babe would have gone to the Red Sox. I submit, I submit <laughs> that Boston has instead of seven more titles just with the Babe, there would be two more. They would have nine more titles because I do believe in a, such a thing as organizational momentum. Yeah, organizational momentum would have carried on, and with and Ted Williams would have two World Series titles with the Red Sox. So you can count nine more titles to. The Red Sox tally. Um, there would have been no murderers row. Crazy to think about, right? Wow. Yeah. Like I'm not saying that he's what made it up, but I I do think that he had a that Babe's playing style at the time contributed to the roster construction, right? So oh, I don't think there 100%. would not have been a murderer's row in New York. Wow. Um the Yankee mythology of the early 1900s into even the middle mid 1900s into the 1950s and so would have wouldn't be existent right i'm really glad we didn't end on this yeah yeah it's probably a good thing for you that i started with this one (laughs) yeah Um, yankee sat just to make me feel better hold on and instead instead of the dodgers (laughs) moving to la the yankees would have moved to la because the dodgers would have been a fixture in new york while the yankees would have been second fiddle and needed to move out of town. So you'd have the LA Yankees and still have the Brooklyn Dodgers. And maybe the Brooklyn Dodgers at some point would have moved to the Bronx or something, but they'd still be in New York. And uh, and here's one for you. Boston is the crown jewel of Major League Baseball for the last 100-plus years and not the New York Yankees the Boston Red Sox would become the most valuable team in major league baseball and not or sports altogether sports, not the Yankees because the babe cemented the Red Sox into baseball history, rather than it being Fenway and a history of losing that the Yankee that the Red Sox have. Now it would be a rich history of one of the greatest stadiums in baseball history, plus a massive winning tradition with some of the greatest players we've ever seen. The greatest hitter we've ever seen in Ted Williams, not Babe Ruth. And agree. It all would be part of. <laughs> it would all be part of 
the Boston Red Sox history and not part of the New York Yankees history. Um, I have to call Mike Farns. <laughs> he needs to be here for this conversation because he just made a best friend. Um, <laughs> did we just become best friends? No, you and Mike did. You maybe you guys can nail bunk beds together and have room for activities. Karate in the garage. That's right. <laughs> if he doesn't have a sword signed, <laughs> never mind. Okay. John Stamos. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's what's his name from the American Idol. The oh, oh that's right, it's Randy Jackson. Huh? Randy Jackson. Thank that's you. Right. John okay. Stamos is their man crush. Anyway, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's all right. That. Okay. I'm going to recover this for you Yankees fans listening. I'm, I'm going to bring this back around. Okay. Okay, my first what if is... No, I'm going to save it. I'm going to go with my other one. All right. Okay. <laughs> what if Pete Rose had never bet on baseball? Mm. That's my first one. Here's the chain I came up with. All right. <laughs> the, first of all, the, the easiest choice is the hit king, Charlie Hustle, would be in the Hall of Fame. In Super the Hall, dumb. right. Yeah. But his on-the-field performance would have rewarded his off-the-field behavior. And he would have become a terrible person, like a really <laughs> awful person. Okay. Uh, he would have benefited from all of his fame and success and continue to experience success on the field as his life off the field deteriorated in the wake of that success. He would have wound up in a standoff with police that would have ended peacefully. However, he would have had all this uh, jail time and probation time. Uh, that's the first thing. Uh, then he would have, um, he court ordered rehab, obviously, uh, as part of his jail, his prison sentence. And then MLB would have never have outright banned him. Um, but he would have been like ostracized by the community. He would have been a pariah anyway, kind of like what Jose Canseco dealt with, right? Where they're like, okay, well, yeah. not enough to really like kick you out, but we don't want to have anything to do with you. He's not our favorite person. Yeah. So you're out. Uh, quietly. So then on July 14th, <laughs> 2015, Pete Rose would have snuck into Great American Ballpark and an aging, flabby Charlie Hustle would have gone streaking <laughs> and hustled his way across the infield during the All-Star game as his final like shred of... Uh, Please uh, tell uh, me he goes head first self. in the third base. He goes head first in the third base because <laughs> he kept his floppy hair. How could he not? And that's what happens if Pete Rose never would have been caught stealing or, or uh, never would have bet on baseball. I don't care if he's caught or not. He just wasn't betting at all. That's so funny. That's it. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> that he still, like, is ca so does he make it into the Hall of Fame, though? Yeah, he, he makes, makes it into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. yeah. And then as he does so, he continues to decide that he's better than everybody else and he has the superiority complex and that ruins yeah. everything <laughs> but and you know what's funny is that 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 takes away how many conversations at the bar every night right? that's the whole that's the whole <laughs> thing is like there's so this whole pete rose thing is so fun but annoying at the same time i don't know another right. way to characterize it because yeah. it's tired it is a tired argument and it'll never go away and that's okay but also the generation that truly cares is either starting to not care as much or nobody's asking them questions anymore because we already know how they feel. Yeah. Um, and then there's us that we're kind of caught in the middle. And then there's the younger generation of upcoming fans that they don't care. 
Yeah. Don't know. Don't they care. They have no dog in the Whatever. fight at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it's interesting. So that's why I think if he never got caught, never got banned for life, none of that, I think it still would have gone downhill pretty quick. <laughs> Probably. And that is a, that's a personality thing for sure. I could see it happening. <laughs> so funny I'm sure he's a great guy <laughs> <laughs> i don't know <laughs> all right i'm gonna go with hey, my second turn. one all right okay i'm gonna talk about the flip oh yeah again okay. <laughs> brad <laughs> so i'm not i'm not taking i know it just happens it just happens because this is actually one i thought about a lot for a long time and it's not Derek jeter is still in position still in position out of position however you want to call it Derek jeter still makes the flip the difference with this play is that Jeremy Giambi slides. Right. Because he did not slide on that play. If Jeremy Giambi no. slides, he's safe. And then they've got a runner on second with two outs. They go on, score two, maybe three more runs in that game. Either way, the A's win it. They sweep the Yankees in the ALDS three games to zero. They move on to play the Mariners, who had their number that year, sweep them. Out of the ALCS, the Mariners go to the World Series to play the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks lose that series. The Mariners win it in six. Become the greatest team in Major League Baseball history. 116 wins and a World Series title. Okay? For sure. And like I said before, organizational momentum. The Mariners don't go on to win another World Series, but they make the playoffs. The drought is not nearly as big of a deal as what it was. They go on, they make the playoffs here and there over the next few years. But this is the big thing, is the Mariners make the playoffs with King Felix on the roster. Ha! King Felix gets a playoff appearance. He gets to go pitch ALDS, ALCS. We'll say World Series just for kicks. And he dominates, and he becomes a Hall of Famer outright. There's no question, no debate, nothing. King Felix is 100, 1,000% a Hall of Famer, first ballot, nearly unanimous because of his domination in the regular season and the postseason as well. And that's my oh. what if. Oh, if Jeremy Giambi had slid. Slides. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I could see that. Because mm-hmm. losing in the ALCS against the Yankees put such a stink on the franchise for so many years. Yeah, I think that's part of the problem why they didn't make the didn't make the playoffs for so long. Yeah, I could see that. Hmm. Why do you but think like he I didn't said, slide? I think he. Th- I think what he saw was the ball. The throw was way offline, and by the time he saw that Jeter made a good flip, it was too late. Yeah, you know, he's like, "There's no, there's no reason to slide. This throws offline. He's not going to make a good flip." But I think that since then, a lot of guys, if there's a throw coming at all, have started sliding anyway. I think and so. I don't know if that's why, but we see sliding into home a lot more often if there's a throw at all. So Yeah. Could be why. Anyway. I like that. Okay. Right, My last one. Us? Last one. What if Bill Buckner fielded that ball cleanly? <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> you ready <laughs> yeah for those of you that don't know it's game six of the 1986 world series bill buckner first base for the red Sox, playing pretty deep off that bag let's be honest he's too far back and uh mookie wilson hits a grounder with runners on second and third by the way i think if i remember right 
and or is it first and second? Anyway, there are two runners on. Mookie Wilson hits a, a slow roll ground ball literally right up the first baseline, and Bill Buckner muffs it. It goes right through his legs, right between his legs. And the Mets go on to win game six, uh, and that forces a game seven. That would have put the Red Sox as one. That was the one out had he fielded it cleanly, they say, that would have ended the 68-year at that time, 68-year Red Sox World Series drought. Okay? So if Buckner fields that ball cleanly, here's what happens. I'm a little worried. I'm going to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I'm buckled up. (laughs) Rather than the ball going through his legs, he fields it cleanly. Bob Stanley, who's the pitcher, still never even attempts to hustle the first base to help back up the play. Which he took, he got a late start on in the real world anyway. But let's say because Buckner fields the ball, he doesn't even try. So Mookie Wilson slides headfirst into first base and makes the bag because Buckner was still too far back. Let's be honest. He's like, I don't know. It looks, it's bad. It's like two feet back. So he doesn't have enough time to get there and there's nobody else there to back him up. So Wilson still makes the play at first base. All right. But Ryan Knight gets held up at third base and doesn't make it home to force the, to force the game seven. Okay. The game ends up in extra innings as the, As the game goes into extra innings, the Mets still prevail and force a game seven uh, because the Red Sox pitching broke down. Okay. They left, they left Stanley in way too long and the Mets took over force the game seven. So they go to game seven, game seven goes into extra innings and it ends up being already without who knowing who wins one of the greatest world series in the history of the world series, which you could say it already is, but that 86 miracle Mets world series ends up going the other direction. And the Red Sox end their drought in game seven against the 86 miracle Mets. And this is where things start to go crazy. Okay. I mean, that's nuts. (laughs) That's totally nuts. Where it starts. So the first layer of what happens in the wake of this storyline is that the Red Sox get all pompous, right? And they all thought they think they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. And they got some great talent on that team. And they go on to fail spectacularly in every subsequent season until they get a, a full rebuild. So that's the first layer. The more important layer is that every member of those 86 Mets that needs to go to rehab and get off the sauce, they all do. <laughs> No more cocaine, (laughs) no more heavy drinking. All the parties get stopped because the management and the ownership and everybody comes down on them hard. Like what happened? Why did we lose? We had no business losing. We should have won. What is it? And every one of them, like Doc Gooden, for instance, they all go to rehab and they get the help that they need. And then they all extend their careers and there's no police issues. There's no worried about hangovers at ball games. None of that stuff happens. And the Miracle Mets end up being the franchise of the decade in the 90s. They clean oh, in the things 90s. up in the 90s. They clean things up from 86 on. And when 1989 and 1990 come about, they've got veteran leadership that can hang in there. They've got uh, a lot lot of up-and-coming guys like David Cohn doesn't leave, for instance, and everybody else goes, 
and the nineties are dominated by the 86 or by the Mets. Wow. I like that. That's good. What I think happens. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing like losing a world series to set you straight. Right. <laughs> well, and they play the Red Sox repeatedly in this alternate history I've come up with. Well, there's organizational a, momentum. Yeah. There's a Mets Red Sox rivalry that develops hardcore at that world series level. Nice. Through the nineties. That's very good. So what, what happens with the strike the strike though? Like are the Mets basically unfazed by the strike? Yeah. No, they're to- they, they skate right through it. Yeah. Because I feel like the strike was the turning point for the Yankees in the nineties, you know, mm-hmm. that it's like, they came back for the partial season in 95. And then after that, it was the Yankees the rest of the way. Yeah. But yeah. So unfazed by the strike. It's, it's un- they, it doesn't bother them at all. It bothers everybody else though. Obviously. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Especially the Expos. So, oh, it's so sad. Yeah, it is. So I think it's funny. We both have, so you have the Red Sox then as like the team of the American league in the nineties that, Yep. Wow. It's funny how we, it, there's just a couple things that change and that happens for the Red Sox, according to us, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's how I feel. A couple of fiction writers. They were writers. so close. <laughs> they were so, what'd you say? A couple of fiction writers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My new book is coming out. And <laughs> For real, though, we'll talk about that when it's more relevant. Eventually. But, yeah. <laughs> but it really, though, like like you were, I think you're going to say, though, like it takes a couple bounces is all for the Red Sox in history. And that's it. Completely different franchise. It's totally different. Yeah. I totally yeah. agree. No, that's yeah. funny. That's funny. But and as a hardcore family, Yankees fan, I totally, I totally uh, love and hate the idea of the Red Sox being as successful as you were proposing. Like that's because as a baseball yeah. fan, that's super exciting. It'd be fascinating, right? Instead of being yeah. lovable losers, they'd be the the evil empire. Well, and especially with the, the the with the park, right? Fenway is just such a thing. Yeah, and it deserves more than it. I don't know. It just deserves more. Well, I, but... I feel like because I do feel like the story of the Red Sox is mostly Fenway, right? But, yeah. Since 04, they've won a bunch of titles, and that's been the culture there. But before that, it was Fenway, you know, yep. and and yeah, as a Pesky's pole and. Um, Fisk and and Ted Williams, like all those guys, right? Yeah, right. But it hasn't been winning until 04. Totally. So Ah, it's really interesting. But anyway, (laughs) it is. It's baseball family. Let us know what you think. What what ifs should we uh take on next? That's what we want to know from you. Jump in the Uh mailbag, leave us a voicemail, give us a moment in baseball history that you want to see us change, and let's change it and let's see what happens. And we will take it as many layers deep as we want and need and uh could be some catastrophes like we might get to nuclear (laughs) war one day because bill buckner (laughs) made the play or whatever (laughs) has to do with cuba and the world baseball classic and the the ussr never fell and then won the world (laughs) baseball classic (laughs) and the the united states president took exception with that yeah that was the end yeah he was like (laughs) we will not lose in vietnam korea afghanistan and the world baseball classic like we will not (laughs) (laughs) communists will not take over baseball and it's ours they will not take it from us exactly right they're the marxist the mascot (laughs) is the marx 
if you want us to play that out some way, let us know and we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll make it happen. Oh man. But yeah, we will. <laughs> Catch new episodes of the Baseball Together podcast every Tuesday.